So I also want to mention that the missionaries were here Wednesday, uh, Helen and Jeeva Filsinger, and they were here to share a message, and they sang, and it was beautiful. It was a great time of fellowship and prayer. So we appreciate everyone being out here for that. Um, and they were very blessed to fellowship with us. They were blessed in the service, which is great because, you know, they do a lot of ministry and it's good to get fed too. And so um, they want to thank the, um, everyone who came out and they want to thank especially the church. Um, we heard from them Friday. Uh, they are really blessed by uh, the donation that the church made. Uh, the love offering and they're blown away and very thankful and grateful and they'll be sending a note too but she just wanted to let us know how how much it blessed their hearts and then to tell all of you that so praise praise the lord i said well you know they do the hard work because they're in the mission field and she said no she said we're just the fingers but um, churches and and our congregation and other congregations are the heart and nothing can be done without the heart so I thought that was a great illustration. So I want to remember them. They're still traveling for a few months in New York and Ohio and different places and uh, staying in uh, Michigan, and they had safe travels. So praise the Lord. Answer to prayer. All right. It's time for our prayer requests. And Dan's did a great job of sharing those this morning. And so um, we have some through the right page. Um, prayer request today. Happy Mother's Day again to everyone. And a praise for the wonderful visit from the Phil Singers, and we do praise God. Hadn't seen them for six years, so it was great to see them. And they have a daughter and son-in-law who are getting ready to go to the mission field. And so I forgot to put them on the prayer list. TT and her husband, I think they have five girls. And uh, she asked for prayer for their support. They were about 65% to their support level, and so um, they need they need to have a few. Hmm? Got five girls and wife. You never get to the bathroom. Well, her and her husband have five girls, and there are seven, and they have a new um, one-month-old. So they're from age seven down. So that's all girls, all five girls. So praise the Lord. And so I want to remember them for their missions funds. Okay. All right, and then we want to praise the Lord for uh, Janice and Mark, every new grandbaby, actually. And Danny have a baby, Eleonora Louise, and she is here, and all are fine. And so we praise the Lord for answered prayer there. Got to see a picture. She looks like she's a month old already, so she's a beautiful little girl. Um, praise God. God is good all the time. I want to remember our government, military men and women and their families and our veterans and families. Uh, I want to remember our church family and their extended families, Pastor Bob, Lori, and Logan. Great results for Pastor Bob. We're believing for it, receiving it. Then we we'll all stay healthy. I want to remember all of us here at church. Bernie, Lori, Nancy, Ruth Ann, Caroline, Mark, Pastor Bob, Pastor Lori, Logan, Chris, Joyce, Joe, Pam, Kay, Gary, Amy, Tom, um, and uh, all of these uh, here. I want to remember them and all who need an encouragement and healing. Uh, there's a lot of people need healing today. Um, so we want to remember, um, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else here. Oh, Jamie is one who needs healing. Um, Bob, 
Burns, Marion, uh, Marion, uh, Martha, Cindy, Laverne, Kay, um, Jaron, John, Clive, Nancy, and Nancy in Florida, and a lady named Pam, there's a back problem, I don't remember her. Uh, I don't remember little Robert and Betty Carpenter, who's in a, a assisted liver, a nursing facility. Uh, Nancy Richards is in a nursing facility, not doing well. I want to remember her in our prayers today. Our unsaved loved ones uh, are unspoken. I love them today. I want to remember those in prayer. Those grieving uh, and that they might be comforted. We want to remember the Hopper family and uh, Nadine and family. Uh, her daughter passed from cancer, so I want to remember her and her family. Bobby Bells for healing. Uh, touch. Uh, Eleonora is a little jaundice. That's our new baby, but she's healing, so we want to praise the Lord. Uh, she'll be healed up quick. Uh, for the Lord to eradicate COVID-19 and people to do all they can to stay healthy and safe. Um, there's a fellow named Matt. It's uh, not doing well. We want to remember um, his dad, Mike, which is Bernie's brother, and wife, Vicki. Uh, I want to pray for all of them for healing and strength. Uh, we also want to remember the farmers for safety uh, and as they go around uh, this time of year. And I think that's it. All right. Praise the Lord. Cindy is having an appointment Friday, and she's going to Cleveland. And they think they might have a medicine that's going to help take care of that. She might not have to have surgery. So praise the Lord. And praying that that's going to be the case. And that it will work. So. All right. Thank you for asking. Um, so those are our prayer notes. We're going to sing our prayer hymn, Prayer is the Key to Heaven. And then we'll have our pastoral prayer.
Praise the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we uplift the name of Jesus today, and we thank you for the praises that were shared. We thank you, Lord, how you've answered prayer. We thank you, Lord, um, for the wonderful uh, time with the fellowship with the Phil Singers, the praises uh, of people who are getting prayers answered. We want to praise God for all of those. We want to pray for those who have ongoing illnesses. We want to praise you, Lord, for a healthy baby and healthy mom and healthy dad. And then Lenora is here. We praise you for that. And we pray that uh, you'll have your hand upon her and her family all her life. Heavenly Father, we praise you for all the prayer requests that have been shared. We praise you, Heavenly Father, for all the blessings we receive at your gracious right hand. We pray that you'd intervene in a mighty way for each and every one of these things, uh, situations, and names that were mentioned. Lord, we know we serve a God who is able. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as we learned today in Sunday school once more. And there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing too hard for you. Nothing you can't heal. Nothing you can't fix. Nothing you can't change. Heavenly Father, we just uplift the name of Jesus today. I want to thank you and praise you for your Holy Spirit that abides with us as we worship and fellowship together, whether in person or over the phone. Lord, we're so thankful today that we can uplift the name of Jesus. We're so thankful today to be in your house. We're so thankful today to be in one accord. We're so thankful today to have the heart and mind of Christ living in us. And we're so thankful today for your son, Jesus, who made it possible. Heavenly Father, not only that we would have eternal life and our sins forgiven, Lord, but that you would send the Holy Spirit to walk through this world with us, to guide us and teach us and keep us in, in your care. We thank you and praise you today, Lord. We give you honor and glory for all that you have done and all that you're doing right now and all that you're going to do in the future. And we thank you and praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Time for our hymns. We have hymn 11 uh, in the Burgundy Hymnal, Red Hymnal, Take My Life and Let It Be.
seven. I'll go where you want me to go.
songs. Everyone was singing well this morning. <clears throat> if you have your Bible, we're going to look at um, Luke, the 13th chapter, verses 10 through 17. Luke chapter 13, um, verses 10 through 17. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, Luke chapter 13, um, verses 10 through 17. Heavenly Father, we ask the blessing upon the reading of your holy word this morning. May it open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us. May it encourage us and uplift us and strengthen us in our week ahead and the days to come. In Jesus' name, we pray and ask. Amen. Okay, in Luke, the 13th chapter, and we're going to begin at verse 10. Uh, in this chapter, um, Jesus is doing a lot of preaching and teaching. And uh, in this particular part of the chapter, uh, beginning in verse 10, he is in the synagogue. Uh, he has just told them the parable of the fig tree <clears throat> before that. And he had some other things that he was doing uh, before that. But in verse 10, he's teaching in the one, he's teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Verse 10 says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And verse 11 says, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bowed, bowed or bowed together and uh, couldn't in no wise lift herself up. In other words, she was bent over and she had no strength and no ability to walk upright. Her back was bent. In verse 12, And when Jesus saw her, he called to her and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thy infirmity. And I'm reading from the King James. Verse 13, And he said, And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Verse 14, And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said to the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Verse 15, Then the Lord answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox and his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? So don't you water your animals and let them drink freely on the Sabbath? He's just asking him a question. Verse 16, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound low these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Verse 17, and when he had said these things, all his adversaries, which would have been the guys in the synagogue and adversaries against him, were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Amen. Praise the Lord. So in this particular thing, uh, he's in the synagogue, right where he's supposed to be, on the Sabbath, and he's teaching. Why? Because, let's face it, Jesus had a lot of teaching to do. People weren't getting it, and a lot of them that weren't getting it were the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the rulers of the synagogue, <clears throat> the priests and the elders. They just didn't want to see it because it rocked their boat, because he was doing works of God and he was performing miracles by 
by the power of God, and they couldn't do it, and they didn't want him to do it because it made them look bad. They had a whole thing going where they were honored and respected, and people kowtowed to them, and they, you know, oh, he's got, you know, he's a priest, and he's a ruler of the synagogue, and he's a Pharisee, and, you know, they're so much greater than the rest of us. And they had this whole thing going, and Jesus came and rocked their boat because he wasn't one of them. He was God's son, and he was God in flesh. And so he could do what he wanted to do by the power of God. And it was because of God and because of what God wanted to do in people's lives that he did it. And it, didn't co uh, it wasn't cohesive to what they liked. It wasn't what they wanted. So at every turn, they tried to stop what he was doing. They tried to use the law against him. What they didn't realize is he, he's, he wrote the law. Okay, And so he's, they're trying to use something against him that he already knew because he thought of it. Um, and then they're trying to uh, take all their uh, rigid rules that they added to the law out of the land, to, to the Ten Commandments, 616 laws they had. They had people jumping through hoops all the time to uphold the Ten Commandments, which they didn't need to do because people could uphold the Ten Commandments. They couldn't. It was impossible. That's why they had atonement. They could try, but without God, it was a, an impossibility. It is for us today. And that's why they had atonement. That's why they would go and do animal sacrifices to temporarily atone for their sin. Now, being that the rulers of the synagogue, the Pharisees and all the Sadducees and all of those uh, were had a, had a complex of that they had arrived and no one else had, and they expected all the other people to abide by the Ten Commandments and the 616 rules that they had come up with, uh, they were didn't have to. And so they could use it as a buffer to anything they wanted to. And so that's what they're doing here. So just a little explanation there. But in verse 10, Jesus was exactly where he wanted to be and supposed to be. He was in the Sabbath, uh, on the Sabbath, in the temple, teaching and preaching. And he was doing what God had called him to do because he was still teaching, still trying to reach people with the truth of the gospel. So as he's teaching and preaching, and behold, there was this woman who had a spirit of infirmity of 18 years, uh, and she was bowed down. So when I thought of this, uh, when I thought of this and read this different times, um, you know, she was bent over. In other words, she probably couldn't stand up at all. So she was probably at a you know 90 degree angle, was that right? Like this, something like this, all her life from 18 years. She was she was down here and then at the waist and probably looking at the floor and probably had to turn her head to see because she couldn't straighten up. And this had gone on for 18 years. That's a very long time. It's interesting to note that this woman was a committed follower of God because even though she certainly had pain and suffering, uh, today we'd say she probably had severe osteoporosis or some other kind of problem with her back, um, but back then, Jesus knew what the problem was, and he knew how to heal it. Amen? Yes. But she was a committed follower of Jesus Christ. How do we know? Because even though she's suffering this pain, even though she can't straighten up, where is she on, on the Sabbath? She's in the temple, right? She's in the temple, exactly where she's been all these 18 years and probably all the years before that. We don't know what the lady's age was, whether she's old or younger, middle, we don't know. But we know this. On the Sabbath, she was there to pay honor and glory to God. And even though she suffered pain, infirmities, difficulties, she was there. And so Jesus, as he's there teaching, he sees her. 
And he realizes immediately what's going on, that she had a spear of infirmity. And it had been with her all these years. And that there's no way she could stand up. And in verse 12, he sees her. And remember, she doesn't ask for anything from Jesus. Now, certainly she's probably heard of Jesus. She's maybe even seen him. We don't know. Maybe she doesn't get out much. Maybe she only gets to church and, and to the local market or something. We don't know. Really sure. But Jesus sees her first. And he saw her and he said, and he calls to her and he says, come here. So I can just picture her shuffling toward him. And, and when she gets to him, because he has great compassion on this, this woman who is bound by this uh, ailment, okay? And so he sees her and he calls to her and says, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. First he tells her, I'm going to heal you. This infirmity is going away right now. Can you imagine her surprise? She's probably heard of Jesus and thinking, me? After all these years, he's, he's going to do that? He's going to do that for me? But he tells her, you're loosed from this infirmity. He tells her exactly how it's going to happen. You're going to be loosed. You're going to be free from this infirmity. That's what loose means, free. And then in verse 13, what does he do? And he lays his hands on her. You can just picture that. There she has been over. He touches her shoulders, and she straightens up immediately. Wow. Praise God. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So when her back came up and she got straight, her arms went up. I could just see her arms went up and said, glory to God. Right? Praise the Lord. Ooh. And she's giving thanksgiving to God and glory to God. And all the others in the synagogue who have known her all these years are probably praising God too and saying, glory to God. Look, look how God has done for her. Look what God has done. Look what Jesus has done. And what a great, great, joyous thing. Everybody is praising God because Jesus has moved. The power of God has come to the synagogue on this particular Sabbath. And this sister who has been there faithfully all these years on the Sabbath day has been healed, has been loosed, has been resurrected, we would say. Yeah. Praise God. And then verse 14. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. But he doesn't address Jesus. Good thing, but Jesus is going to answer anyway. He doesn't address Jesus. He addresses the crowd. You know, he wants to get them on his side. Right? So he says, said unto the people, there are six days which men ought to work, and in them therefore come and be healed, not on the Sabbath. Well, why? Because he couldn't do it. It made him look bad, and he's going to uphold the Sabbath law. And so he speaks to the people trying to gain their support. It doesn't work. And the truth of the matter is this woman's been bound by this for 18 years and going probably every Sabbath, bent over and hadn't been healed yet. So it doesn't matter if she's healed on the Sabbath or on Monday or a Wednesday or a Tuesday or a Friday. No, it doesn't matter. But he liked the old way, and he wanted control, and he, the control was gone because God had it. And so in verse 15, the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrite, how dare you, he says. This is me, uh, my, my paraphrase. How dare you even think of saying that? You have ox, and it says ass in the King James, ox and donkeys, mules from the stall, and you take them out and you lead them to water. 
to you that on a, on the Sabbath. So this woman who's bound all these years, a daughter of Abraham who Satan had bound with a sickness and has been loosed from this bond like you would loose your animals to go get a drink so that they could survive and so they could be blessed. And here all this is going on. And then you're going to make an issue of it? I love it when Jesus answers. It's always perfect. The answer's perfect. There's no argument to his answer, amen? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries, that means the ruler of the synagogue, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all those who uh, you know, thought that they had arrived, all of them were ashamed because he put right to them where it belonged. He said, you, you, you watered your livestock and you don't want to see her healed. You don't want to see her loosed mm-hmm. from this, but you loose your livestock you've had tied up so that they can be refreshed, so they can be nurtured, so they can be have what they need, but you don't want her to have what she needs. Mm-hmm. There was no answer to that. Mm-hmm. He had no answer. They had no answer. What are they going to say? This is the guy who wrote the law. He knows their hearts. He knows their minds. He knows what they're thinking. And so they're ashamed that they even said anything they should be. They, they question God. God's always right. And so they didn't question because they cared about the law, because they really didn't. They didn't question because they cared about the woman, because they really didn't. Uh-huh. They questioned because they wanted to look at it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They wanted to say, well, now the law says this. Uh-huh. Well, Jesus said, I know exactly what the law says, and let me tell you. Uh-huh. And they had no answer. Yep. And so the woman was loose and went on praising the Lord, I'm going to say probably the rest of her life. And they were all ashamed, the adversaries, but the people rejoiced. They rejoiced with the woman, they rejoiced what God had done for all the glorious things that were done by Christ. And so we're stopping right there because there's another parable after that. There are a couple of scriptures I wanted to add to this. And when we talk about the law, there's Exodus Chapter 20 and verse 8 talks about this law. And verse 8, uh, 9, 10, 11, yeah. Verses 8 through 11 of Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. Verse 10. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In, in, in it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy maidservant, nor thy maid manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gates. Verse 11, For in six days the Lord made the heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, all in, <laughs> and all that in them is, excuse me, and rest of the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. So the Sabbath day is blessed, you're not supposed to do any work, and this is what you're supposed to do. Well, Jesus wasn't working. He was doing God's job. doing God's work. But that really wasn't working. That wasn't anything against the law that the Pharisees, in this case the ruler of the synagogue, tried to point out. And so he really didn't have any leg to stand on when he said, well, come back and get healed another day. That was the day that God had set aside for that woman to be healed. Yeah. And that was the day that she was going to be healed. 
And that was the day that Jesus was in the synagogue and she was coming in. But that day, that was not an accident. That was not a happenstance. That was God's work. And it was there for him not only to heal this woman of her infirmity, praise God, and for all these to be blessed and see her healed, and for the power of God to fall upon this woman, but it was also there to teach the people and to teach the rulers of the synagogue and say, this is what God's word really says. All these rules they try to get you to keep, not what God's word says. God's word says this. And he quotes the Old Testament. Well, you, you know, donkeys get to drink, you get to loose your animals, what's your problem? In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9, this here is chapter 1, verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 through 29, read this. But God hath chosen foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Verse 28, And the base things of the world, the things which are despised, God hath chosen. Yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are. Verse 29, And why does God use the weak to confound the wise? And why does God choose um, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, uh, the weak things to confound the mighty things, the base things which are despised, God uses, and we talked about that in Sunday school a little bit, God can use anyone at any time for any purpose. He did in the past, and he can do it again. Why? Because verse 29 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says that no flesh should glory in his presence. In other words, nobody does anything great or good that God doesn't allow them to do, and we talked about that today too. God uses all these things so that people can't say, I did it. No boasting, right. Paul talked about that. He said, I only boast in Christ. Only what Christ can do. I can do nothing. And someone gave me a great button. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it didn't say, I can do all things through me. It said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So no flesh can glory. Oh, and that's what Christ is telling them. That's what Jesus is telling the, the synagogue ruler and all those around. It's not about the synagogue ruler. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's not about keeping all the laws to the teeth, to the which no one can do anyway. Yep. It's about what God can do. It's about giving God the praise and God the glory. Because what did the woman do? She raised up and gave God the glory. Why? Because no flesh can glory in the presence of Christ. Amen. It's all, anything that's done that is good or pure or lovely is from Christ. Talk about that in Sunday school too. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, God healed this woman. What a great thing. He taught the people. What a great thing. But he also said that God and his presence is to be glorified and no one else. And see, that synagogue ruler, he wanted the glory. And God said, no. When through his son Jesus Christ, he said, no. Jesus said, you don't get the glory. God gets the glory. Amen. One more scripture, uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. And there was a woman who had a, had a need. And I love this scripture and I love the story. And I, I think I've read it for a long time. Um, because she doesn't seek God, but he seeks her. He might, She may have saw him when she came in. We don't know. She's been over. But he saw her. He saw her pain. 
He saw her difficulty. He saw that she was bound by this, and he had great compassion on her. And he used that compassion not only to heal her, but to see and show her what God could do, show others what God can do, and to put those who to discount God, who discredit God, in their place. So he used it all for a lot of teaching. But the first thing we see is that Christ had compassion on her. And he sees her, and he is compassionate. And he calls her, and he heals her. And you know, God is compassionate today. He calls us through his son Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. He sees our pain. He sees our weariness. He sees our infirmities. He sees the pain of our heart, our mind, our body, our spirit. He sees all that. And just like the woman there, what does he do? He calls us to him. And why does he call us to him? Because he wants us to be healed. Why does he want us to be healed? So we can be whole. And if we can be whole, we can serve him better. So God, that day, we know he healed her body. But he probably healed her mind. That had to be wearing on her mind all those years. He probably healed her spirit. She was faithful to God in the Sabbath, but she was overwhelmed with her infirmity. I believe he healed her body, mind, and spirit. He healed her pain, and maybe there was an internal pain. Maybe she was mocked by people. Maybe people didn't want to be around her because she had this this terrible uh, infirmity, this disability. But God healed all of that because of his great compassion. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, is the verse we want to end with today. Because this is what God speaks to us, just like he spoke to the woman in the temple on the Sabbath. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It didn't say some of them. It didn't say a few of them or scattered ones. It said all. So whatever our need is, we serve a God. We serve a Jesus who supplies all our needs. Maybe not at the very moment we want them, but he certainly does supply all that we need. The woman in the temple that day, we don't know her name, but God knew her heart. We don't know, we didn't know what her diagnosis was, but God knew she could be well. And God knew that he could supply that need through his son, Jesus Christ. And today, he knows us well, just as he did that woman. Someday when we get to see his face, we might learn her name. Because it wasn't important what her name was, it was important what Jesus did. And that she was waiting when he called, and she came. And he supplied her needs. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today. We give you honor and glory. We thank you for your word and how it stirs our hearts and moves us, Lord, to know that you do supply all our things, all that we need, according to your riches and glory. Heavenly Father, what a great and mighty God we serve. What a wonderful Savior. Uh, what, what a great thing that we have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Lord, we're so thankful today. We just want to lift the name of Jesus. want to praise you and give you honor and glory for this the great word of God that is new when we read it. Every time we get something different out of it, it's a new and living word. And 
Lord, we, we so desire to know you better, and we so desire to feed on your word. And we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that brings your word to life. Thank you, Jesus. I want to praise you and give you honor and glory today. Be with us as we leave this place, as we celebrate mothers, what a gift they are in our lives. Lord, whether they're here or they're with you, you know, Heavenly Father, what a blessing. What a blessing to have had a mother. What a blessing to have had someone in our life to, to encourage us and uplift us and strengthen us. And Lord, what a, what a blessing it is to be a woman of God. Lord, bless all our women today. Bless them with a great abundance of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, watch over us and keep us in your care, for we ask in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who was and is and is to come. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.